Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Today, our guest is Jessie. I'm so delighted to have her on the show. She is innovative. She's powerful. She is breaking boundaries and all kinds of preconceived thoughts and industries, mind you. And um, just warm, warm welcome to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about you know your journey and how you got here and whatever comes to you that's relevant to share today. Sure. So I kind of always like to start with, you know, growing up as a kid, and I feel like that kind of sets the foundation in life for the things that are available to you as you grow up. So I grew up with a lower to middle class family. You know, my mom worked at stores like Kmart, Walmart, Circle K, and my dad was an electrician. And they were very old school and they um, they didn't go to college. They didn't really uh, put much emphasis on college or anything. And so growing up through through school, I always knew college was going to be on my own if I wanted to go. Right. But whenever you're growing up in the 80s and 90s, that's one thing they just harped on to. What do you want to be when you grow up? What college are you going to go to? What program are you going to get? So I graduated with six scholarships from high school to attend college. Yeah, that was really great. However, um, because my living circumstances has changed at that time with things with my parents, they got a divorce and things kind of happened that made my home life very unstable. And so I wasn't able to go to college. I actually had to go to work and I rented a room from this lady and I worked at McDonald's. So by the time I was 17, I was already kind of taking on debt. I already worked at McDonald's full time. I paid for a room, I paid for my car and insurance, and that's really all I could afford. So um, college just was not an option for me at that time. And fast forward a little bit, uh, I had been dating someone since I was 16, who's my high school boyfriend. And once I turned 18, uh, his mom said I could move in with her because it wasn't a, it was a weird kind of situation. The room I was renting, I could move in with her and him if we got married. So I got married at 18. And by that time, you know, he had wanted to join the military and my focus was more on him and his career. And I had my son at 20 and my daughter at 22. Mm. And we lived in England at that time. He was in the military. And when my daughter was four months old, um, something happened in our marriage that no matter where where I was, I was not going to stand for that. And so that essentially meant taking my kids and going back to Florida with no place to live again. Mm-hmm. So lived in a, a little hotel for a little bit until I found a job and I found a job making $12 an hour and I worked my way up to an executive assistant and was making $15 an hour. It was pretty good, you know, and um, daycare ate up most of that, but that was just kind of like how things, how things were. Uh, and I asked the owner of the company if I could get off early on t- Tuesdays and Thursdays so I could start going to college. 
And so I started night classes and I got my bachelor's degree in three years. But by that time, so I was 26 at that time, by that time my scholarships had ran out. So I had to pay for school. And I racked up $65,000 in student loan debt, but I did graduate from the University of Central Florida. Congratulations. Thank you. It was hard work because I worked full time. I had two little kids. They were two and four and, you know, only two years apart and juggling that and um, taking an extra hard course load because I wanted to graduate quickly. I didn't want to, you know, span it out. Uh, so it was very long and grueling, but I was so proud of myself because I finally did it and I got that mm. college degree. So I went out in the world thinking things were just going to change and I was going to be offered all these jobs that college degrees promise. And lo and behold, the only job I could get was an executive assistant, which was the exact same job I had been working. And it was just very frustrating. Um, I got a little raise. I was $18 an hour. Um, somewhere around there that's why i ended up 17 or started off at 15 then ended up at 18 for how long i worked there um but it was just you know it's frustrating you put yourself in debt and you do all the things that people say you need to do and then you get out and it's very frustrating so i ended up where i'm at today which is the owner of my company which is inspired insurance solutions um by accident honestly so uh we're gonna kind of rewind just back just a couple years to 2016 I had worked my way up in my career into marketing. So I was the director of marketing for this company. I was making pretty good money, $45,000 a year, at least I thought it was. And they called me into the conference room one day and they just let me go. And my kids are older now, they're like uh, 13 and 15, but it was that same like feeling of just like, gosh, I've given so much and I get so little in return. So at that point in time, I went on unemployment and food stamps and unemployment in the state of Florida is $250 a week. Wow. That's a thousand dollars a month to live off of. So I was in panic mode and sent my resume out, you know, went on a couple interviews, never got called back. It's very competitive. People are willing to work for very little, especially new college grads. They're very willing to work for very little. And so by my fifth month, I was panicking. Just, I had one more month left and you know, I was already very five months behind on bills and it was um, it was scary. So I took a job in insurance sales. I always make a joke. I always say against my will because I really didn't want to do that. I really felt like sales was below me. I went to mm. college, you know, I, mm. I did all these things and yeah. um, I ended up being really good at it. And um, I ended up owning because I was very embarrassed when I first started uh, because I like I said, it was I felt it was below me. So I had to go through a huge mindset shift that commission only does not mean, you know, no stability. What it actually means is no glass ceilings, um, no one telling you how much you're worth. It And it was huge for me because I had been so against sales and commission only and everything. So um, I just hit my five year anniversary since that time in my life and my company Um, We're on track to write about $45 million in uh, annualized volume this year, which is huge. Mm. Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have agents nationwide. So I I employ, and that's a loose term because they're all 1099, but I train and mentor and everything more than a hundred agents nationwide. I have a staff of, um, I always, because I just hired three. So I have four employees plus me so it's five so I have a staff of five that kind of handles and does everything 
and um, I got picked up by an uh, a publisher in March. So I'm authoring a book called Soul Beneficiary, The Good, Better, Best Guide to Selling Insurance. Mm. And it goes through um, everything that anyone would want to know about insurance, which I know to the outside is very boring, but it comes with a companion workbook that shows people how to shift their mindset and do that too. Mm. And, um, my biggest thing now really is not... Uh, you know, I could be flashy and say all the cool things I've done or whatever, but my biggest thing now is I have st the stability for my children. My daughter works for me. Uh, my son, he's a little stubborn. He will. I know he will. <laughs> um, he's out doing his thing in the real world or whatever. But, um, you know, and I was able to buy me and my kids our first home. Uh, I was able to become completely debt free. I paid off my student loans in mm. one fell swoop they had haunted me for 10 years, you know, sure. deferring them for 10 years. Yeah. And um, it's just a transformational what this industry can do for someone that has drive and has a why. When you say this industry, you mean insurance sales or sales in general that are commission-based? Sales in general. Yeah. Sales in general, you know, um, the insurance is a unique industry though, because it's the number one industry in the world that creates the most billionaires. So it, the reason that sets it apart is because that has what's called residual income based right. on how much you do and not many, not even real estate offers that, you know? So I, the one thing I always say, and I, I told you I'm a national speaker, I'm on tour, right? The one thing I always say at these conferences, and they're mainly geared towards people looking to get into the industry is that I wish I had known about it sooner, you know? And I feel like trade trades like these like insurance or real estate or mortgage broker or anything like that they're not talked about in school what's talked about is going to college and getting a degree which doesn't always pan out and doesn't always provide stability right no absolutely more often than not and i think our kids are actually waking up to that mm -hmm. they're starting not they're starting to see there isn't any roi but before we go on that tangent i just want to acknowledge your story uh, i mean i had no idea that is that's incredible what you've created for yourself and your family and the stability. You know, so many women out there, especially ones that are listening, are um, where they are, but they're trying to be more. And maybe a lot of them, not maybe, a lot of them are wanting to shift their career and they don't know which direction to go in. And they're in that panic uh, that you were just describing. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? And how do I make it happen? And you are the epitome of resilient <laughs> and what I would call audacious, because when I, when I say women leading audaciously, what I really mean is, you know, we're courageous enough to try and fail and try again until we succeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I had done. I had, I had a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart and throughout the years of, you know, working the administrative assistant jobs and going to school, I had multiple businesses. I had a candle business. I made soaps. I always had, side hustles at one point in time i worked for a doctor's office and at the front desk receptionist ten dollars an hour and the owner was like very gracious and kind of just was like yeah i use the front desk for whatever so i put my soaps up there mm. but i also would dip choc uh, pretzels in chocolate on the weekends and like put sprinkles on them and then wrap them up in a really nice cellophane bag with a bow and sell them for four dollars mm. knowing they cost me like 30 cents to make but I always kind of had that mindset of what can I do to bring additional income to my family. And um, I, I just wish, the, the one thing I kind of just wish I knew, I, I knew about this industry way sooner. 
I had no clue. I had no clue about how much money there is in this sector, residual income. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah, that's really critical. And for those of you who are listening, uh, I think some people think that there's a lot of red tape with insurance. It's not very inspiring, but you've made it inspiring, actually, because tell us about the book that that you're that's just about ready to hit the shelves. Sure. So my book is called Soul Beneficiary, and that's S-O-U-L, not just S-O-L-E. And uh, the inspiration for that book is um, uh, my sister. I grew up with her. She was five years younger than me. She passed away from cancer in January. I'm so and sorry. Thank you. And, um, you know, that was really difficult to watch. It was it was probably um, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And um, when she was placed on hospice, I flew home. You, you tell, everyone lives there now. It's Illinois. I didn't grow up there, but I call it home because everybody lives there now. So I flew there and... Um, you know, whenever someone's on hospice, they're on a lot of pain medication. It's very hard to kind of get through to them, them, because they're very yeah, they're out, out of it, it right? Yeah. But we did have a good four minute heart to heart where I actually got to talk to her. And she told me that this year there's going to be a lot of new opportunity coming to me and that I need to say yes and I need to try new things. And <laughs> back in January, right? So 11 months ago, I simply just did insurance and, and, and that's still a lot. I was very busy. I run a huge team. I have, you know, an agency, but I would have never thought of, I'm really going to go in all these other different directions. And in March, I got approached by a publisher mm -hmm. and they had heard about this good, better, best training that I've been doing now for years. And they wanted me to write a book on it. And then out of that came this inspirational workbook that goes with it. And then out of that came the clothing line that I'm doing. Um, but Soul Beneficiary really is about how to start with nothing and kill it in the insurance industry. It walks people step by step through with even what to say to clients and how to build up your book of business and how do you do marketing and do all of those things. But the biggest thing is the mindset shift that someone needs to go through. And that can apply to everybody. Yeah. Um, as women, I feel like we have a lot of blockages. We have a lot of limiting beliefs or yeah. I can't do that or I'm not yeah. going to be good at that. Yeah. Um, that's not me. I don't see myself doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And we tell her these things because they really just come from fear, fear, yeah. failure or something. Right. Or disbelief and, that we're worthy or that we can do it, you know, exactly. And the workbook kind of just walks people through that and it walks th people through addressing those excuses and limiting beliefs and procrastination and things like that and turning it into what do you want to do where do you see yourself let's come up with a business plan let's write these things down and it walks people through step by step on how to change their mindset and come up with a business plan for whatever business they want to do mm, love it wow that's so exciting so in the show notes we're going to have the link but tell us where people can find this book uh, and this workbook, because I think you were saying it's better to have it in print than uh, as a PDF downloadable file, which I agree. All the workbooks I have that I've downloaded have not been as fully completed as the ones that have been bound. Exactly. So it's going to be available for purchase on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and what's Books a Million and Walmart. And you can sign up for the newsletter at soulbeneficiary.com and you'll get access to specials and things like that. Uh, and then, of course, there will be downloadable areas where people can download a chapter or a module or things like that. And that will be on jessiepark.com. Oh, so exciting. And I just uh, really want to uh, share my condolences with you 
Um, it's so hard. I, I don't know what I would do if I lost my sister, but I, I've had family members who have passed away from cancer and um, it's really, it really changes your, the way I view my, I view the world and the preciousness it of it. It's, yeah, it really does. And you know, while we're on that subject, not to really harp on something so sad for so long, but uh, one of the things about being financially independent, which is something I'd never had in my life before. Right. But funeral services cost a lot of money and I was, I was so happy that I was able to actually do that. And yeah. she has two kids, uh, help take care wow. of them and provide for them. Whereas before wow. with my administrative assistant jobs and stuff, I would have, I, I don't even know if I would have even been able to fly up for the funeral. Right. You know, oh my so gosh, just, that chills. Yeah. Financial independence is so huge for the, and I also feel it and sense it in, in the way you speak and your body language. It's like there is stability there. Mm-hmm. And and it's so hard for women just to get out of overwhelm and because there's this frenetic energy of like, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to manage it all? And so you've had to balance, you've had, you know, when your kids were younger, especially um, when you were a single mom, uh, you know, how did you, what did you use? What tools and techniques did you use? So you avoided burnout, you know, you avoided the disease, you know, most women that do what you do at some point, like have to stop, you know, but yeah. you, you didn't have to stop. So what tools did you use to maintain your vitality and balance? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things that has helped me and it may sound cliche, because I feel like a lot of people talk about it, but I used the goaling and time blocking and visualization like vision boards right d goaling d goaling just regular goaling oh okay got it so yeah so you you write down short and long-term goals Mm -hmm. so and you 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 hang them up and you look at them every day so that way you can remember exactly why you're doing it you know what what are you driving what's why do you really want this why do you want to finish this so bad and so that's kind of what i've always done so whenever i was in college and working full-time I would write down make my children proud um, be able to get a better job to provide for them and those were my main goals my main driving force was my kids and and mm. having a good family life for them so they didn't ever have to feel yeah. isolated or alone in the world yeah or have that financial insecurity that maybe you were brought up with yeah um which you know you've broken now you've broken that generational limitation it's pretty huge for a huge gift you can give your kids. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't think they quite know it yet, but <laughs> no, that's okay. It doesn't, they don't have to, it's yeah. like, it's embedded. It's, it's something yeah. that's, you know, really, it doesn't have to be seen, but it's, it's known. I mean, I, I mean, I can feel it from all the way over here. So I'm just claiming it, oh, <laughs> not claiming it, but declaring it. Um, and so we talk a lot about vitality. That is the name of the podcast. And, um, you know, we all get tired. And a little worn out. So what do you do to fill your cup back up? What do you do to replenish yourself? You know, I've, I've, uh, if we're talking about like supplements or whatever, I've tried probably everything. Like I've tried the Thrive patches and um, the Herbalife teas. Those are all great. And they do give you a little pep in your step. Um, but I, I, I get tired, really. I would say probably the biggest thing is, is I make sure that I get a lot of sleep. I eight hours a day and that's just my body. I know some people can work off of five or four. That's just not me. So I'm in bed by 1030. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes I sleep until seven or eight. Um, and, and I know some people feel that's lazy. I could get up earlier, get more done. And, and I really could if I did, but that's just not me. 
Yeah, no, I is sleep is, it's huge. You know, I'm like an expert in health. I've been geeking <laughs> out on it for 30 years mm-hmm. without clean water, good air and sleep. Like, forget about it. I don't care what you're eating <laughs> or drinking. Like nothing's going to work, you know, if, if you don't have good sleep. And I think sleep is the biggest epidemic that we're dealing with right now. I know, of course, we have COVID, but uh, people are really struggling to sleep. I am amazed at um, how difficult uh people are having, how much difficulty people are having with their sleep. It's shocking. The amount of ambient that's being taken. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to poo poo, you know, things that work for people, but I, I do know there's an impact to not sleeping well and then having to take sleep aids to sleep well. So, you know, I, I fully exactly. embrace uh, good sleep and there's not, I'm so grumpy when I'm not well rested. It's just Same. like, you just don't want to be around me. <laughs> One of the tricks that I use, and I've been using this for a couple of years, is to listen to brown noise while you sleep. Not white noise, but brown noise. Hmm. What? I don't know anything about this. Share share with me with this. So I, I have a sleep machine. Well, it's Alexa. So I say, Alexa, play brown noise, right? But before I did, I learned about brown noise. For many years, I listened to rain. So it's kind of like a, a sound in the background because I'm a, such a light sleeper. So if I hear anything, if I hear a truck outside or dog walking down the stairs with his little claws or something i'll wake up right so i've always used something to drown those things out but recently i switched to brown noise and brown noise to me i feel like it induces um a deeper sleep Hmm. for longer for longer periods and also your dreams are very vivid that just be a personal experience of mine but you should try it yeah alexa play brown noise yeah she's been (laughs) asking me lately and i'm like alexa i don't want your suggestions you're creeping me out like stop. So I've actually, I haven't even listened to because she, as soon as she makes a suggestion, I shut her down. So mine is is talking to me, Alexa, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Because you're saying her name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but this is really, that's really interesting. I mean, I'm always learning new things. Um, And at the end of the day, it's really about your nervous system. We talk about vitality and when you think about like deep, deep core restorative practices, I mean, everyone has different ones. Some people it's reading a book, other people it's taking a walk. I mean, for you, it's sleep. It sounds like that's been your thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of helped you to maintain this level of performance and resilience that you, your life has uh, needed Mm -hmm. and demanded um, and given you the strength to keep getting back up, especially in the face of difficulty, which is. There wasn't a, a point in time when I first started insurance where I'd work until midnight and that was so difficult for me because mm-hmm. I kept that schedule for about six to eight months. And so I'd wake up at six to go take my son to school. So for a while, I only got six hours of sleep and it really took a toll. Um, my driving force during that time was I'm only going to have to do this for less than a year while I build up my book of business. So um, sleep is super important because I've gone for periods of time where I didn't get that eight hours of sleep and it really took its toll. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You want to age great quickly to definitely don't sleep. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the key to that. <laughs> um, well, I feel like, you know, I want to say to our listeners that um, this goal setting practice that you were talking about is embedded in your book and your workbook, right? It is. Yeah. There's- 
there's a multitude of ways. Uh, it takes people just very, very slowly starting to do like daily goals. And then we kind of switch and we go to longer term goals. So we do weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. And then it's also very important for celebration to celebrate your goals. Mm, yeah. That's hard for us women, isn't it? It's like never enough. You have to give yourself permission to have these yeah. celebrations. So even if it's something silly, like, um, you know, a bath, a bath, right? Or so yeah. for the first time in my life this weekend, I treated myself to something I never thought I would ever afford because I'm such a TJ Maxx Marshalls kind of girl. Right? Yeah. yeah. All my clothes are from Amazon. I don't do designer things. I, I've always <laughs> It's embedded in me that it's a waste of money, right? <laughs> and it kind of is. Being from the but, fashion industry, you're like 300 plus percent markup. Exactly. So, um, but for the first time in my life, I allowed myself to purchase a designer pair of sunglasses. Ooh. So I got Gucci sunglasses as well. Wow. I've never spent money like that, you know, and I make very good money now. Um, you must have felt so special and like chic when you put them on. You were like, <laughs> they're so cute too. Like, watch um, out world. Here I come. They're under my tree. It is a gift from <laughs> myself to myself. So. Good for you. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel oh. like celebrations of your milestones are huge, even yeah. if it's small. So something it's like a bath or, you know, um, or you get to sleep in on Saturday because yeah. you finished X, Y, Z or whatever. Of course, do big ones too. Mine yeah. was uh, I wanted a pair of Gucci sunglasses for probably the last three years. And mm. I finally finally went and got them. Oh, that's so great. I love that reminder because really we, it's just not, part of the friction that we use to move ourselves forward is that ideology and false belief system that I'm not enough. It's not enough. So I have to try and harder and do Keep more. Mm -hmm. And that's actually very disempowering and it's extremely draining. Mm -hmm. And in order to have vitality, we have to seal up those limiting beliefs and we thoughts. And do. when we get that energy, then we can be more creative and we can be better mothers mm -hmm. and, um, you know, better in our businesses you know it's full circle you know that you just brought up something about being a better mom um i have felt a complete shift in my parenting in the last couple years um being on edge about money or finances or whatever you know um i remember very vividly going out with a friend we went to a carnival and he had a little girl and i had my two and his little girl wanted to ride every ride and get every toy and he got her all those things well, his mom did. And um, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't even afford them a toy at the, you know, from the vendor. And uh, those things kind of stick with you, you know? Sure. And, and yeah. now um, things are just come easier. Like I, I don't feel on edge and I feel like I'm just a much better mom. Yeah. Uh, because I have a, a resting kind of demeanor now instead of, like you said earlier, like being frantic and things. Right. Two quick things though, before we wrap. Um, one is uh, this visioning. I, I feel very strongly about the power of envisioning something and having it come to be or to mm -hmm. manifest. Mm -hmm. And you had talked about that as, as part of the formula, like you mm -hmm. were set your goals and you put them in a place that you could really see. Mm -hmm. The second one, I think I'm forgetting, but the third one was visioning. The second one is time blocking. Mm, yeah. Some women feel right. really limited by that, but I, I really love it. I've prioritized time for myself. Like exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. just like a, an appointment, just like, you know, mm -hmm. this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and the third one is is visioning, vision boarding. And to me, that's just been pivotal. Uh, I didn't find out about vision boards until 2008. It was actually a Spanish mm. teacher, Dr. Cornelius, who barely taught Spanish and mostly talked about vision boards. Um, but I started doing that at that point in time. And when I first started doing it, I kind of thought it was a little silly. Mm-hmm. And then I started noticing that like a year or two years later, I'd find an old vision board and be like, oh my gosh, I actually have that car or I got a cat that looks exactly like that or, you know, little things like that. And now, now I do uh, a vision board and it's so funny because you and I were talking about this off air, but I had four quadrants. I had love, travel, career, and fitness and uh, career, I wrote down things like um, become a speaker, get on podcasts. Uh, I I didn't write down a book because that wasn't in my forethought, but um, become published, right? Mm -hmm. All of those things have happened. Uh, In the love quadrant, I had pictures of like a a man and a woman Mm -hmm. um, in Paris and a beautiful city on the the water and (laughs) recently got engaged and we were looking at places to go on our honeymoon and that same picture had popped up the one that's on my vision board. I oh realized, my gosh. Yeah. I realized it's Santorini, Greece. I didn't know that when I cut that picture out and that's where <laughs> we're going. So. <laughs> I love it. But what you're saying is true. The same thing has happened to me. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, even if your vision board isn't your thing, like you can even envision it you can. through writing it, but taking time to actually see it because mm-hmm. if you can see it, then you're actually creating it thought form first mm-hmm. words and or pictures. And then it, it, it does, it comes to, it, it just, it's like magic. It really does. And part of visioning it is not just seeing it with your eye, but also incorporating all of your senses into it. So yeah. if you, if you envision yourself, like, uh, you know, um, graduating or something like that, imagine yourself walking across the stage. What does it sound like? What is, what does the crowd sound like? What does it smell like? Does it smell like an auditorium? How does it, the mm-hmm. diploma feel in your hands? Yeah. All of those things are part of visioning. Yeah. I think emotion is actually for me with my clients over the years has been one of the biggest determinants of how quickly and effectively and accurately they're able to manifest their visions mm-hmm. is the emotional piece. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, how will actually you feel when you get that degree? How will it feel to walk down the aisle? Um, and that, that is so powerful. How will it be to find your beloved, you know, once and for all? So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, was there a second thing? I think that was, I think that was, that was it. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? You've given us so much value um, and so much inspiration, but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap? Uh, really? You know, I guess if I could just leave a, a woman with one thing, it's just that we all have light within us to mm-hmm. do and create and to change the world for the better. And, and it takes some time to discover that, you know, it took me many years to, to find out. I always knew being a secretary was just not it for me, but it took me a while to find out where my niche was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I encourage people to just kind of do those, those writing tasks, those goaling sheets, those, um, visioning, right. And it'll come. And, and I feel like we have so much greatness to give the world and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we are very powerful beings. We're made to not feel like we are, but we are. Um, so find it. It's in you. Just find it. Love it. Thank you so, so much, Jesse. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. It's been nice. 
Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.